welcome to the First Lutheran Church located at 512 South Kale Avenue in Miles City with pastoral services provided by Pastor Steve Rice. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 10th chapter. Matthew writes, These twelve disciples Jesus sent out, instructing them, Brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child and children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly, I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher, and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden, that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men... I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated uh, this morning. A point of clarification. Uh, you've heard here in the, uh, the Gospel lesson, it really extends what we were considering together last week, the disciples. Okay as opposed to the apostles. Uh, apostles and disciples sometimes get uh, kind of confused together. A disciple is one who is taught. An apostle is one who is sent. They are derived from Greek words, didaskolos, one who is taught, and apostelos, one who is sent. 
Okay, uh, we use those words in various forms in the English language. Something is didactic or is taught, uh, or something is postal and assent. Uh, and so these words. Uh, used for the same group of men, but used when they are functioning in different categories. Uh, when they are being taught by Jesus, they are disciples. When Jesus sends them, they are apostles. Uh, and so uh, back and forth, sometimes interchangeable, but certainly the same group of men. Uh, but I thought it might be beneficial to your general uh, biblical lexicon to, uh, to know those two words that we hear so often, uh, but to be able to discern the more intended uh, meaning of the, uh, of the uh, evangelist who wrote the text. And so with that, uh, again, I want to bid everyone good morning and thank you. Uh, on these challenging days uh, for sharing these moments in your life, uh, one with another, with me, one hour spent, uh, if you will, in spiritual self-care, just as we're hearing about the need for physical self-care, masks and gloves and sanitizers and all that. Uh, it is important that you also engage, I think, in spiritual self-care, a dimension that, well, science doesn't really address that often uh, in the face of things that challenge us together. And so, uh, again, welcome on this late June Sunday morning, Father's Day 2020. And as I consider that, uh, can you believe it? The year is half over now, half over. Yesterday was the longest day of the year. Uh, and I confess that for me, at least in my experience, the, the weeks of this year have all been a bit of a blur, uh, more, than, more than usual. And while I'd like to blame it entirely on the COVID-19 uh, uh, necessities that we all uh, abide by together, I eh, probably shouldn't. There are other reasons why this year seems different and perhaps longer than others. For me, as for many, this year's observances and celebrations uh, from late spring uh, or early spring have in fact been impacted, uh, significantly impacted, if not defined, uh, by efforts to deal with something none of us have ever seen. The world has never seen. The unseen, reminding us, can be very powerful indeed. Unseen. And yet, whether by fear or submission to authority, caused all, caused the whole world to yield and to change because of it. Now, whether the changes we're experiencing, uh, whether such submission is for good or for ill, probably yet to be fully determined. There have been noble efforts and actions but as we know, the purposes of men are not always noble. Nevertheless, something as small as a virus has whispered again in the human ear, saying, you are not in charge. You are not in charge. And the prospect of that the sons of Adam and daughters of Eve find disquieting, maybe even frightening. For it is human nature since the garden to want to be in charge, to be like gods. 
well, on this Father's Day. I ask a rhetorical question. Have you parents, perhaps specifically fathers today, have you noticed how parenting required of you, fathers and mothers, at an early age to teach that simple principle to your children, you are not in charge here. <laughs> you are not in charge. For when a child's, a curious child asserts their independence, particularly when we know it's against their best interests, it becomes a father's duty, a mother's duty, to remind their children you are not in charge here. And yet, as time passes, in the give and take of it all, the tug of war between parent and child changes and evolves until finally our children are grown. The child becomes a man or a woman on their own. Independence and autonomy very much defining who they are, at least think they are, that they are in charge. Grown-ups, we order the family and society around that very principle, do we not? Teaching of choices and consequences, rights and responsibilities, broad avenues of opportunity and dead-end streets, they are all there as children become adults and in charge. Now, as we step back and look at more than just the virus which has been mentioned, I think many things can also be said of the recent riots and demonstrations sweeping the nation, including that they are themselves assertions of strength proclaiming I am in charge here. Do you not see? I am in charge. Often defiantly in charge. Sometimes destructively in charge. It is that projection. I am in charge. But as I watch the news, I'm mindful that these assertions, as old as time, are themselves only passing and transient. For as I reflect upon what I see and hear, I also hear another voice speaking to me. It is an old voice, an ancient voice, but a voice that cannot be silenced. It's the voice of St. John the Evangelist, who, to the mature ear, I think, speaks again from his gospel. Where Jesus said, very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. John reminds the thoughtful, the spiritually aware, you only think you're in charge. John reminds the thoughtful, that as with time came strength, so too with time will come the loss of that strength. 
Sometimes the loss is voluntary, even joyful, as when, for the love of another, self-interest is set aside. Sometimes loss is simply inevitable. The day when one realizes quite profoundly you're not really in charge. You're not in charge. I have come to realize that many elders particularly fear such inevitable loss. And perhaps fear it most of all. Particularly those who, after having spent the middle years of their life making often rapid-fire decisions firmly in control, then only to grow old, seeing life's choices become fewer and farther between, the path narrower and narrower, defined for you but not by you. This is perhaps a Father Day's message particularly for children who are growing in strength and autonomy, who have moved beyond coloring pictures for dad on Father's Day or barbecues. Quickness of wit, physical strength, diligent patience, shrewdness, wisdom or borrowed authority, these things come to us in our middle years. And then they leave us. Jeremiah suggested it with the words, O Lord, you have deceived me, and I was deceived. For you are stronger than I, and you have prevailed. It is only the fool who pretends that that which is eternal does not always prevail over that which is mortal, spirit over flesh. Time decrees it so. Jeremiah saw it, I think. I suppose it is a particular kind of understandable, but a particular kind of sin to deceive oneself into denying that time is both limiting and for us limited. Like a virus, it bears echoes of you are not in charge. You are not in charge. For you see, today's warrior is tomorrow's enfeebled veteran. Today's blush of beauty becomes tomorrow's faded rose. This truth is immutable, and without perspective, it can bring about unbecoming aspects of human nature, cynicism, despair, hopelessness. I've seen it often enough to know it to be true. That said, and so enters today's gospel lesson from the pen of St. Matthew. Here in the 10th chapter, Matthew seems to be assembling a series of of sayings Jesus made all aimed at the disciples just as Jesus was sending them out into a very cynical world, a world in which they were decidedly not in control, a world that can easily deny truth in order to embrace illusion. When I first read today's excerpt from Matthew, 
my initial reaction was, geez, this is depressing. But as I disassembled the text, I saw that while Jesus spoke of multifaceted conflict that would become reality for the disciples, his sayings ended up in a far more hopeful place. And that's where I want us to go today. Jesus said, what I tell you in the dark, what I tell you in your darkness, what I tell you in your despair, proclaim in the light and what you hear whispered, Proclaim it from the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And then Jesus asks, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Not one of them falls to the ground apart, apart from your father. Not one of my sparrows ever falls separated from God's love and grace. Jesus' words included the cynical ones. There were those among the disciples. The sad ones. And yes, for us, as we think today, the old ones. For each of those are more than sparrows to God, created in God's image, redeemed by God's love through Jesus Christ. In the world, but not of the world. This is what Jesus wanted the disciples to proclaim from the housetops. For Jesus understood there would be darkness. And while there would be darkness and despair enough in the world, the disciples would be different. They were to be agents of light and life. Why? Again, we turn to John, who would understand these things and be inspired to write, this is the message we have heard from him and now proclaim to you that God is light. And in him, there's no darkness at all. Even though yesterday was the longest day of the year, the summer solstice, I tell you no secrets when I say there is yet a lot of darkness in the world. The most fearsome darkness of all, though, I submit to you, is the spiritual darkness, the frightening kind of darkness that mocks you and says, you are not in control. You are not in control. But the good news, the good news that is ours today is that while we might be deceived, while we might not be in control, God is in control. Again, not one sparrow falls to the ground apart from God. Not you, not me, not ever. I think this perhaps a good message on Father's Day, 2020, the year of the great pandemic, the year of so much political strife in our country. I think this is the message the disciples perhaps carried to all people 
particularly to God's people of old. It remains timeless and true, as timeless and true today as it was then, as we allow our faith to overcome our fears. I will say that again, to allow our faith to overcome our fears, believing that God is in control now and evermore. I close with this image. When from the cross, Jesus Christ uttered the words, it is finished, he too yielded control to God. Jesus was no longer in control, but neither was he abandoned, but raised up. You see, this has been the church's message since its inception in the mind of God. Twenty centuries ago. And it shall be so to the close of the age. That while we humbly acknowledge that time the gift soon passes. And that the illusion of control fades away. We are both to worship and we are known by the one who is in control and not pass away. This is freeing. This allows us to overcome our fears and it gives us the greatest path to eternal life humankind has ever known, including all the wisdom that we hear proclaimed in 2020 that we recognize to be but passing illusions for not one who proclaims their wisdom is exempt from the passage of time which gives and takes only the one who is eternal is forever and our lives are hidden in his and his in God's We hope you've enjoyed this production of the First Lutheran Church. We welcome you to visit us in person at 512 KL Avenue. You can also find us on Facebook at First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana, and email us at flc at midrivers.com.